0: series called through the spirit series and basically what we're doing is we're taking each word and we're breaking that word down and we've done love and we've done joy and today is peace okay now what we've learned is that the fruit of the spirit is not a multiple choice united grocery service where you can just go and go hmm i like love and I, i like to love so i'll pick love uh, joy, nah, I don't do joy well. How about peace? Mm, I don't like peace. Gentleness, nah, not very gentle. Kind, mm, self-control, we mm, ain't doing self-control either. So you can't just pick and choose because what it is, it's nine fruits that manifest themselves through one spirit that lives inside of you. So if you're saved today, if you're born again today, and you have the spirit of God living in you today, guess what? You can get an A plus on all nine, Okay? You're like, oh, I'm not doing real good. <laughs> you can do good because you have the power of the Holy Spirit to produce that fruit in you. And we're going to talk about how to have peace today. If you want to use one word, one word that jumps off, okay? When you look at people, especially adults, you get a college kid up, you, wanna, you want one word to watch in their life to see if they're really born again? Peace it's peace. I guarantee you. You watch today. You watch people today. If you see people at peace, there's probably something bigger than them living in them. You see people not at peace, there may be a reason why. Okay, and we'll look at that today. I want you to go to a text. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. I want you to look at verse 35 and follow with me. Mark 435. On that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side, leaving the crowd behind. He took along, he took along, and just as he was in the boat, there was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, and so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was at the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Here's a question for you. You ever wondered why they didn't wake him up earlier? You ever wondered that? You ever wondered why they didn't wake him up earlier? Why don't we? Just a thought ever wonder, you ever read that story? Because when people read the story, they don't think about that. Man thinking about a storm, waves coming over the boats, boats being rocked back and forth, and Jesus sleeping. And we go, that's so funny, man. Jesus is sleeping, man. He's like sleeping. And they're freaking out, and he's sleeping. Was he really sleeping? I wonder if he's sleeping, but he's listening. Wouldn't that be interesting? What if he's not really sleeping on us either. He's listening. What would we be saying during those times? What's coming out of our mouth at that time? Wonder why they didn't wake him up earlier. I wonder why we don't. Some of us don't think we need help. We think the boat's big enough. The storm's going to be small enough. Our abilities are good enough. Our training, our experience, all that's needed. Like soldiers, like sailors, veteran sa- sailors. The storms on the lake before, oh, we know them. We've been through them before. We can handle it. We, we, we trust our boat. We don't need help. We'll do it ourselves. We got all we need. I was at uh, Chick-fil-A in the mall Wednesday for lunch. Didn't have a lot of time. And I went to Chick-fil-A, and I was sitting back there eating, and there was a grandmother and a mom and two kids. One of the kids was about three, and the other one's probably less than one because she was in a little high chair. So they were eating, and I was watching them, and I kept eating, kept watching the little one, because the little one, every time the little one would want to drink, he didn't say drink or anything. He just grunted. Okay, so mom and grandmother responds. Woo, they hold that drink over there. Now, Chick-fil-A has got the little styrofoam cup with the lid with the straw on it, you know. So the mom is just very cautiously and patiently taking the drink and taking it over to the little one. Well, the little one's like, hmm, he wants to hold the cup. And the mom's like, nah, we're not doing the hold the cup thing, right? If you want a drink, you're just going to have to bend your little head down here to this straw and, and, and suck the straw, and he's protesting. So he sits back. Well, they start eating and visiting. And he's grunting again. So they grunt. He grunts and they respond. He grunts, they respond. I'm like, that's pretty funny. And so every time he grunted, they would respond. Okay, you may have been there as a parent. So the little dude's grunting. So mom holds the cup in the straw. Mm. Protest going. I'm like, hmm, that's pretty good. Cause see, in his mind, he's big enough. He can handle that. I can drink on my own. And mom's like, I know you can't drink by yourself. So I've got to help you. That not that so us sometimes? We think we're big enough and we can do it without him. And he knows we're not. He knows we're not. So he's got our life. we lit on it in a straw. And he gives it to us. He gives us himself when we need it. When we ask, he gives. What we want to do is, is we want to take it ourselves because we think we're big enough. So a little bit later, grandmother couldn't stand it. And she thought, now he is the most incredible grandson in the world. And if there's, another, if there's a son that's ever been born that can handle the cup at one years old, it is my grandson. So grandmother, mm, out of just sweet love like grandmothers do, hands the cup. To the kid, and I'm like, I gotta watch this. So, what does he do? (laughs) Squeezes it and drinks at the same time. Now, you know where the sprite is. It is no longer in the cup, my friend. It's all over Little Junior, okay? I'm like, that is so people I meet. They like, I I do this on my own. Give me my life. It's my life. I'll do what I wanna do, when I wanna do it, how I wanna do it. I don't need you. I, I got this, I can handle this. Give it to me. All right? Loving, gracious God says, fine. Fine. That's not the way you're designed. That's not the way you're cut. That's not how I made you. But here, you you think you can. Go right ahead, big boy. Here's your cup. Here's your life. And we take it and we squeeze it. And our life goes all over ourselves. It's all over our pants, our shirt, the chair we're in. It's over our family. It's all over everybody. And you know immediate what we say? Just what that little dude said. He looked right at grandmother and went, "Mm." Grandmother didn't squeeze that cup. Looked at mama, grunted again. Mama didn't, mama's trying to help you. That's what we do to God. "Mm." Fine, I'll clean it up. Thanks for your help. God never intended for that. He says, while you were little, I gave you milk. But as you get bigger, you need solid food. For some of us, we need to put a sippy cup down. We've been on a sippy cup too long. Not eat too long. For some of us, if he gives us a drink from the straw in a cup with a lid on it, it's because you ain't ready for it yet, and you need to grow in him. And quit trying to grab your life and think you know best because all you're going to do is squeeze it and your life is going to go all over everything. And it's not his fault. The disciples were freaking out in a boat and Jesus was asleep. I think he was listening. I really do. You've been there as parents. Didn't want your kids to know, so you put your ear by the door or you just listened from the other room. Why? You want to hear what they're saying, don't you? You want to hear what they're saying. There is no boat, no ability, no amount of money, no possessions, no resources is enough to live at peace with God. That's how He made the world, and that's how He made us. You will not manufacture peace in your life. You either have peace. No, you don't have peace. You didn't make it. It comes from the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. John 15 says, if you're connected to the vine, the branch will bear much fruit. But apart from you, you can do nothing. If your branch today is fruitless in the area of peace, it is not his fault. The vine is healthy. The problem is you're not grafted into that vine. And if you're not grafted into that vine, you will not supernaturally produce peace. And you, my friend, cannot produce peace. Peace can't, can't. Three things I want to look at real briefly. Some of us, the reason we don't have peace, some of us have given up on peace. We accept storms as a way of life. We've been through many downpours, many hurricanes. We've given up on peace in our hearts, and our homes. We've accepted that life is filled with stress, strife, hectic, Hurry and pressure. We think that's just the way it is. If that's you today, I'm going to say something to you. That is not the life God intended for you. That is not the home God intended for you. There's a word called holy subtraction. It's called no. Sometimes you have to say it in your kids' lives. Sometimes you have to say it in your own personal life. Sometimes you have to say it, period, because you know you cannot add another thing to your plate because your plate, your saucer, and everything is full. If your, if your self-inflicted pain of hectic schedule is on you, then my dad used to tell me this, self-inflicted pain gets no sympathy. If you set a hot poker down by watching a cowboy game on your toe, then Tough. I did that one time. I had a problem attending the fire barefooted watching the Cowboys on Sundays. And so I would watch the Cowboy game, and I would try to hang the, the poker up on the little deal. And so I heard it hit the little thing thinking, "What's well, on the hook. Well, my foot's right here, so I'm watching Roger Staubach and all them, and I set the poker down, and it wasn't on the little hook, so it hit my foot, and I still have a scar today. It's moved a little because my foot grew then, but, but it's still there today. My dad sits on the couch having a bowl of popcorn. I looked over him and said, don't you feel sorry for me? He goes, no, I don't feel sorry for you. I told you a hundred times, if you don't watch where you put that poker, you're going to drop it on your foot. I've told you, self-inflicted pain gets no sympathy. I'm like, man, you're heartless. You're heartless, but it's true. I mean he told me God God designed us so that we might have peace in our lives God designed us to have a life. We, we can choose what we put on our plate. Sometimes as moms and dads, we have to say no. We have to say we're not going to do it. We can't take on everything. And so many times in our lives, we're, we're saved. We're born again. The Holy Spirit lives on us. We have peace in us, but our life does not show it outwardly. Why? Because all the stuff of the world we're trying to keep up with, we pile it on our plate. And we can't even function under the weight of all the stuff we're trying to do. So we don't look like we're people of peace, but inside we have peace. But you can't do everything. You can't do a thousand things well. You can't. All the while, the Prince of Peace waits to give us the peace in our hearts and our souls to calm our storms. Isaiah 9, 6, we read a lot at Christmas. He's the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. The Bible tells us that we have not because we ask not. If you want peace in your life today, in your family life, you're going to have to ask for peace. Say, God, I need peace in my home. I need peace. And sometimes that may rest on us to take some things off of our plate to give us more peace. Second thing is this. Some of us have given up on God. We've been asleep in a boat before, and we pray without answers. And so we think, well, I'll just take it this time. I'll just do it myself. What takes you so long? I've prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. You have bad timing, God. Bad timing. I've asked and you haven't helped. And so I do it myself. The disciples are in the boat. We don't know how long they tried to row on their own. We don't know how long they paddled. We don't know how long they scooped water out of the boat. We don't know how frantically they ran around that boat. We don't know how long. But we do know after they exhausted everything that they could in their own physical strength, they woke up Jesus. They woke him up. And Jesus simply just sat up. And I love the fact that he didn't turn to him and go, (laughs) dude, what took y'all so long? Why didn't you ask me earlier? He didn't say anything but quiet and peace and the waves died down. The waves are quiet. Let me ask you this morning. What's the name of your storm today? What's the name of your storm? What's your boat look like today? What's your boat look like today? How can Jesus bring you peace? I want to make a statement to you. What is practiced in the good times will be executed in the hard times. I want to say it to you again. What is practiced in the good times will be executed in the hard times. See, I meet too many people that when they start practicing is when it gets hard. You're not going to make it if you practice when it's hard. You're going to be so tired from the storm, you cannot practice. You're just punching holes and scooping water and trying to figure out what in the heck is going on. My friend, listen to me. You have got to understand that what's practiced in good times will be executed in hard times. So when, it, when it's really good and sunny and 72 degrees and no wind, my friend, is when you've got to practice. So when it's too below and the wind is 70 and the snow is doing this, you're good. In the farming business, in the ranch land, it says, you've got to make hay, brother. You've got to make hay. Because the first time... You go out on that tractor, and the wind's 70, and the temperature's 2 below, and the wind chill's 40 below, and you're trying to figure out if that's a cow or what out there. And you got to get hay out there. You'll start saying, hmm, when it's 70, I'm going to put some hay in this barn. And before the storm comes, I'm going to put some out. I'm going to put a lot of it out. I'm going to put a big old flag on it so I can find it later. Because too many people in life They don't store up, man. They don't don't make hay. And when it comes, they don't know what to do with it. Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. But, But there's hope. Because in me, I have overcome the world. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. My friend, we have got to get in that word. We've got to get in that worship. We've got to get in his presence. And we got to store up through that vine. So our branch is producing an incredible amount of peace. So when we walk in peace and live storms come, we shine, and our song is good. And we can sing. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Always rejoice. Man, you've seen people walk through storms and you stood at all of their worship. I know you have. There's two groups of people in Matthew. Jesus is teaching them. He said, listen to me, you got to build your house, not on sand, my friend, because the storms will come and the rivers will rise and the water will wash your house away if it's on sand, but you got to build your house on a rock and his name is Jesus, because the storm will come and the river will rise and it will try to wash you away, but a house that's built on a rock, it will not wash away. Two people heard that statement. One walked away and built it on sand, and one walked away and built it on a rock. My friend, listen to me. Don't be the group of people that hears that message and builds their house on sand. You say, oh, well, it won't happen to me. My boat's big and strong. I can handle any storm. Bring it on. Oh, it's coming. Not on your invitation, but God just said it's going to come anyway. You better be ready for it. Some people are giving up on God. Third group is this. Some people Just don't have peace. They don't know peace. They don't know peace. They don't know peace. I want you to go to John 16. Go to John 16. John 16, I want you to look at verse 33. John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I want you to, if you have a pen or pencil and you, re- and you have your own Bible, I don't want you to write in somebody else's Bible, you need to put a box around in me. Most important, two words in that whole text. Look what he says. I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. Not in church. It's not what it says. Not in tithing. Mm -mm. But in me. You cannot do a human activity to produce a godly fruit of peace in me. When you're saved, you are in Christ. You're grafted into the vine. You're no longer, that branch is connected to the vine. The vine, it runs deep. The Holy Spirit of God runs through that vine out to that branch. That branch produces fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're not in me, you must be out of me. When you're out of me, you will not produce peace. You can't. You can't have peace. You can't have peace. There's nothing in the world that you can do to produce peace. You cannot have the best house to give you peace. You cannot have the right car, the right income, the right job, the right neighbors, the right friends, the right anything. None of the world's stuff can give you the peace of God. None of it will. None of it will. We need to go back to Romans. Romans 5.1. Romans 5.1. Then we're going to go back to John. Romans 5.1. Romans 5 1 says this, therefore, amen. What I told you, when you see therefore in scripture, you always want to say, What is that therefore, therefore? Amen. You always got to figure out why that therefore is therefore because the reason that therefore is therefore, there's a reason for that therefore to be there. Okay? Don't ask me to say that again. All right? there's, there's a reason. So you always want to know, What's that therefore, therefore? Okay? Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When you have been justified through faith, when you have been saved, when you've been born again, you have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey guys, y'all have that, that, that thing on the screen that, that does one slide. Throw it up there anytime you want to. There you go. No Jesus. No peace. No Jesus. No peace. Just that if you have your Bible, you just write it right there. I mean, if you don't know him, know him. Okay. If you don't, you're not gonna know peace. But if you do know him, you will know peace. There's no, there's no kindness about that. Okay? You must know peace him. John's gospel in John chapter 10, Jesus said, they will know my voice. My sheep know my voice and I know them. So here's the deal. If you don't know him, you will not know his voice. And the reason you don't have peace maybe is because you don't know him. I want you to go back to our text. Go back to Mark. Go back to Mark. Mark 41. They were terrified and they ask each other, "Who is this?" Mm. Are you asking that today? Who is this? I don't. I don't. I don't have peace. I don't have peace in my life. Jeff, I, I'm just telling you, I've never had peace in my life. I've I've hit it well. I've protected it, I've masqueraded, I've I, I put on smiles and i dress dressed right and I've acted right and I've tried to play the part and I've did all this religious activity. And I'm telling you right now, 90% of the people in my life would not know it. Maybe 99% wouldn't know it. But Jeff, the bottom line is, I do not possess peace. I don't have it. I don't have it. If that is you today, I want you to listen to me. The worst thing you can do is to walk out of these doors and continue to act like you've been acting. You can set yourself free today by meeting the Prince of Peace, and he can change your life. You say, well, I believe in Jesus. Okay. Okay. I've believe, I, I believed in Jesus ever since I was little. I, I, all I remember is that I believe in Jesus. I mean, I grew up in church. I, I believe in Jesus. Well, I grew up believing in Santa Claus. I'll let that just settle wherever it needs to settle. I grew up believing in Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy. I want you to hear me. The Bible tells us that even the demons believe and shudder. If you're going to rest on what you believe, are you going to rest in what you know? K-N-O-W. The Spirit will testify to my spirit that I know him. That I know him. Today, you don't have to worry about what you believe. You can worry about what you know. I'd rather know than believe. Amen. Jesus said, I don't want you to believe in me. I want you to be born again. I think Nicodemus, when he asked the question, believed in him, and we never would have come to him at night. Wouldn't you agree? Why are you going to search out Jesus in the middle of the night if you don't already believe there's something about him? But that belief and that search and finding him at night didn't do it. Jesus looked at him and said, listen, dude, unless you have two birthdays, you're in trouble. You got one, that's called water. Now you must have the second, it's called spirit. If you had not been born the spirit, you don't know me and I don't know you. And someday when you die, the father's going to ask me, you know this cat? I don't know him. No way from me. See you. Bye. Well, that's rude. How can he be a loving God? He is a loving God. He, he wants you to know him. Today, you can experience the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that transcends everything else, and that's the peace of knowing Jesus. It'll change your life and make you different today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and we're going to move to a time of invitation. I simply want to ask one question as Joel and the band come. I know the fruit of the Spirit is one of those passages in Galatians 5.1, and we see it everywhere, and we kind of get numb to it, sometimes kind of like a stop sign. We... Think it's a yield sign Because we've seen it so long It's a suggestion It's not a suggestion The fruit of the Spirit is peace And you can only have that If you have Jesus So with your heads bowed And your eyes closed I simply want to ask one question to you What did the Holy Spirit Say to me Through this message What did the Holy Spirit Say to me through this message, not my spouse, not the person next to me, not my children. What did the Holy Spirit say to me through the message? In just a little bit, I'm going to pray. This invitation is for everyone. If you're trying to do a storm by yourself, I just want you to know you don't have to do that. There are people up here that would love to partner with you and agree with you and pray for you through this storm and help you. If you're looking for a church home today, this is an incredible church home. Not because I'm the pastor by any means, but because it's a sweet church. If this morning at the sound of my voice, you know, you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that you don't have peace. You don't. And you know why. And you know for a while. You don't have to walk out of here in that cold wind the same way you came in, my friend. Can be born again today and receive His peace. So I'm going to pray. We're going to stand. We're going to worship. If you need to come, you come. Father, this morning, you are a good, good Father, mm. and you love us. You're crazy about us. And God, we're not here by accident today. We're here by purpose. We heard what you want us to hear, and I pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit spoke to us today. Father, this morning, I pray as we stand that we will be obedient to what we've heard this morning. That whatever you have said to us through the Holy Spirit of God, we will say yes to you. For on the other side of obedience is always blessing. And may we be blessed today because of our obedience. In Christ's name.